From Gimlet, I'm Alex Bloomberg, and this is Without Fail, the show where I talk with artists, athletes, entrepreneurs, visionaries of all kinds about their successes and their failures and what they've learned from both. If you've logged on to social media anytime in the last, I don't know, 10 years, you've probably stumbled upon a certain kind of post by a certain kind of person. That person, they look beautiful, cool, effortless, but in an accessible way. Like, they're the best-looking person from your high school that actually wants to also be your friend. And the lifestyle they're projecting, hanging out poolside in Palm Springs or hosting a dinner party in a perfect minimalist apartment, somehow, when they do it, it seems attainable. Like, with the right outfit or artisanal cheese board, that could be your life. And of course, that's exactly the point. These people have a name. Influencers. People who've built a following on the internet and use their fame to promote products to their followers. Nowadays, of course, influencers are so ubiquitous on social media that it's hard to imagine the internet without them. But there was a time not that long ago when there was no such thing as an influencer. Somebody had to invent that career. And that somebody is my guest on today's show. Her name is Michelle Fon, and she's been credited as the world's first internet influencer. And she achieved that status making videos like this. Hey guys, what's going on? So in this video, I'm gonna show you guys not only how to groom your brows, but how to reshape it and fill them in. These are tips- In a typical video, Michelle faces the camera and expertly, calmly, and patiently demonstrates a particular beauty technique, like this one, where she explains how to shape your eyebrows. So the first thing I like to do when it comes to reshaping my brows is brushing the brow hairs and to neatly flatten them so you can see the shape if this is something you can work with. And from there, if you The makeup to, tutorial is now a staple genre on YouTube, of course. There's even a name for it, Beautube. But it all started with Michelle. She got very wealthy and very famous by being one of the very first internet beauty gurus in the world. And then, at the height of her fame... She did something completely shocking and unexpected, something that took her millions of fans by complete surprise. We'll get to what that was later in the interview. But we're going to start here. Michelle told me that she grew up in a family run primarily by her mom, a Vietnamese immigrant who worked 15 hours a day in a nail salon to make ends meet. When it was time for Michelle to go to college, she ended up going to art school in Florida, where she grew up. And she told me that the thing that put her on her trailblazing path to creating a brand new industry was the most ordinary job search you can imagine. It was like the summer of 2007, and there was like some website called like, it was like Monster Job or something. Monster.com, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, Monster.com, exactly. I saw Monster.com, that's where you can find jobs. So I went on Monster.com, and I saw that there was like some job opening, um, or Lancome, this beauty counter at Lancome, they were accepting uh, job applications because they were looking for a sales associate. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I went and I took the test and I interviewed and they really liked me. They they loved how passionate I was about makeup. Mm -hmm. But because I lacked experience, I never, ever worked in retail, ever. I only worked in food, um, the food service industry. And I guess they thought, like, well, she doesn't have experience, so we're just going to pass on her. So I never got my call, and I was devastated, of course, but I didn't let that opportunity shut me away from the industry. I decided, well, I, I still love makeup. I still want to teach people or at least share how I do my makeup. And um, I had this blog called uh, Rice Bunny, 
since I was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. So um, a few weeks after I got rejected from um, Lancome, I thought, well, instead of just doing a traditional blog post where I'm writing everything out, I decided to create a video. I just filmed the entire video on my webcam, and I kind of just taught myself how to edit, and I decided to upload the video on YouTube, not thinking anyone would watch it because who would watch this video? Like, it's, it's not even that good. <laughs> Did you know nine out of 10 people have dark circles? Surprised? Don't be. Now, tilt your head down and locate where your dark circles are. This first video Michelle made was titled Natural Looking Makeup. In it, Michelle looks directly into the camera and goes through her everyday makeup routine. Occasionally, title cards like mineral concealer, blush, or eyebrows appear to introduce the next step. Michelle and I watched it together. Some people prefer using a brush or sponge. Whatever tool is best for you, use it. I'm using my ring finger because it's, it's so delicate. it's so interesting. You got the overstuffed couch in the back room, back room, and then it looks like yeah. there's like some paintings on the wall. Yeah. Where are you? So where I was living, I didn't live in dorms because it was so expensive. Mm-hmm. I actually found a room from this woman who lived in this retirement community in um, Sarasota, Florida, and her rent was like five hundred a month, and that was unbeatable for me. So the, wait, this is so you're living with you're living in in senior housing right now. This was yeah, in this video. I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was she your roommate? She was my roommate. She was so sweet, Kathy. And she had this um, amazing, gorgeous sunroom that had beautiful lighting. It's very, it's a very nicely well lit room. Yeah, absolutely. I I could have just shot the video in my bedroom with um, you know fluorescent lighting, but I took um, a film class in art school, and um, I learned that the best lighting is the sun. Like every good production set, they try to replicate the sun. So I had this incredibly like well lit. Um, sunroom it was it was it was like a whole like 360 like glass windows everywhere so it was perfect what else what else stands out to you watching this video the first time like what are the things that you're you're like oh my god what was interesting to me was the products i was using so you see what i'm using right now is i'm using mineral makeup on my face and today no one really uses mineral makeup Uh and you notice here i'm using um an eyeshadow sponge to fill in my brows. Yeah. It's the free tools that come with the eyeshadow palette. It's so cheap. And that was all I had back then because this was my real makeup. This was all I could afford back then. <laughs> it's so interesting to hear you. It's like, it, that's not, I wouldn't have expected that that would be the thing that you, that, that you notice, but it makes perfect sense now that you say it. Like that this, that the whole, the thing that stands out is like how, how much in its infancy this whole industry was in a certain way. Oh, yeah. The products are very, like, very much inferior. Like, you're seeing that I'm applying blush, but you don't even see the color payoff. And I'm like, I, I think I did, like, three takes on uh-huh. this, and yeah. I, st- I still couldn't even see the color. <laughs> now it's time to check how successful you are with achieving the natural look with makeup. I remember once I uploaded the video on YouTube, I saw there were other makeup tutorials, but they were unedited. There was no music. There was no title cards. Um, it wasn't really well lit. And so my makeup tutorial back then was considered high production. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then when did you notice, 
what was the moment that you realized like, oh, wait, this is like more than just like a couple of my blogger friends are, are noticing this thing? Um, I would say when the video received over 100,000 views. Oh, wow. Was when I noticed, whoa, that's 100,000 views. I never, I've never seen anything like it. Like, how fast did it get to 100,000 views? Like, what did you do? Did you put it up and then were you like... I would say, yeah. I would say within two weeks. Within two weeks, it received 100,000. Wow. And there was hundreds of comments and people wanted more. And what kinds of things were people saying in the comments? They just, they loved the music. They loved my voice. Um, they loved my techniques. They wanted, they wanted to know more. They just wanted to know... How was I mastering this? And in my head, I was thinking, I'm not mastering anything. I'm just showing you what I'm doing. <laughs> and um, so that was when I decided, you know, I'll make another one. Michelle made another one and another one after that. She kept making videos, uploading them to YouTube. And her timing couldn't have been better. She didn't know it back then, but Michelle was living in what is now described as the golden age of YouTube. Every day, more and more people were visiting the site, and those people were hungry for things to watch. And it was around this time that YouTube launched its Partners program, which turned those views into dollars, ad revenue, which YouTube split with the content creators. Michelle applied to be a partner and was quickly accepted into the program, and she started making money. First, it was just a little bit, 50 cents a day, but that number grew, a dollar a day, $10 a day. And with each new video her views and subscribers increased. This tutorial will show you the basic way to apply on concealer with liquid, highlighter, and cream. Oh, and don't forget a nice pink shade of lip gloss. Here I use Lip Fusion in Sweet. Now take the crease color or a soft pink color and apply it along the hollow of your eyes. Don't use too much pink. Watching these early videos, you can see Michelle experimenting her way into what we now accept as the conventions of the genre. The direct address to camera, the extreme close-up perspective, the offhand acknowledgement of the audience. Hey guys, as if they're all hanging out in the bedroom with her. There is a theater to it and a performance, but also an intimacy, an everydayness that felt new. How did it feel to be sort of like, I guess, sort of performing for people in these videos? Is that what it felt like? What, what was that feeling like as you're, as you're making them? Well, I felt like I was making art. You know, a lot of these videos I was making, it was, I was creatively pushing myself. Um, and I would say the performance part would be, it didn't really feel like I was performing. Because mm -hmm. I was just in my room. I was in my, my pajamas. I was in my room filming. It just felt like, I felt very comfortable. Um, what I felt more like was, I was showing my sisters, essentially, how I was doing my makeup. Yeah. It's funny, this... This this thing came into my head that probably you will mean nothing to you, but there was this this artist in the in the seventies. Um, I forgot his name even, but he would always make the and this is the pretty little and this is the pretty little and he would just like uh, Bob. Oh, Bob Ross. Bob Ross. That's right, Bob Ross. <laughs> Iconic. Yes. Yes. It's the the, pretty little clouds. Yes, and 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 there was like he was performing, but more it was just like he was painting. He was in that sort of flow state that you get into when you're when you're making art but doing that sort of like in a shared space essentially absolutely i actually reference bob ross a lot and he was a huge uh, inspiration for the format that i wanted my video i wanted my video to be relaxing like spa like 
I wanted my videos to be easy where anyone can pick up a makeup brush, just like Bob Ross. Anyone can pick up a paintbrush and they can paint. And you don't have to be um, an artist. He actually helped people unleash their inner artists. And with me, I felt the same way. Like, you don't need a makeup artist to do your makeup. You can be your own makeup artist because who knows your face better than you? Yeah. But Bob Ross, so you know about ASMR, right? You've heard about yeah, the whole yeah, ASMR yeah. channel. Uh -huh. But he had this ASMR quality to his voice and his videos, and people felt the same way with my videos, where they just would fall asleep to my video. They wouldn't even follow the tutorial. Most people, you would think most people who watch my videos, they're following it. They're not. They're just watching it. They're falling asleep to it. They have it in the background while they're studying. It, I guess it's like a comforting feeling. Yeah. Similar to like Bob Ross. Sometimes I'll put Bob Ross on the background while I'm working. And it just feels <laughs> good having his presence there. That's so that's so interesting. Yeah, no, it feels there is this there's a very similar vibe um to to them. It's it's uh that's so that's so interesting. So you're <laughs> you're in art school, you're making these YouTube tutorials on the side, you become part of this partner program, you're starting to make money. And then at a certain point you you decide okay, I'm going to do this full-time. This is going to be my job. Yeah. Um, tell me about the... When did you tell your mom that that was your plan? Oh, so my mom... <laughs> I didn't tell my mom I was making these videos. Um, but I guess my mom knew about my, my blog. She would read it sometimes. So she stumbled upon it herself, and that was how she found out. She called me, and she said she loved the video. She thought what I was doing was so beautiful. And, and when I told her, Mom, you know, like, you know, it's 2008. There's an economy crash. My friends aren't getting hired, and I have one more year left, and I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get hired. But I'm making money on this YouTube. It's not a lot right now. I'm making like $10 a day. But I know if I focus on it, um, it might take me somewhere. There might be something in this. And she was so devastated because I might drop out of art college to pursue YouTube, which is an unexplored world. She was so scared for me. Right. This is before YouTube's a thing. Yeah. yeah. She's super scared. But I told her, like, Mommy, I come gong law you head gong hop, but look on Lambia cane, gong be gong game thing. Like, I'm saying, like, you know, mommy, don't worry. Like, I'm, I know I'm studying right now, but I know if I work really hard, I'll find money. Don't worry. I always tell this to my mom. Don't worry, mom. I'll always find a way. Coming up, Michelle does find a way, and an entire generation follows her. That's after the break. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Welcome back to Without Fail and my conversation with YouTube beauty pioneer and original influencer, Michelle Fon. When we left off, Michelle was finding success with her beauty videos. 
Hundreds of thousands of people were watching them. She was making some money. And she was taking as much advantage as she could of this opportunity that YouTube had created, where for the first time in history, anyone could make and upload a video that was accessible to everyone in the world. But if this opportunity was great for everyday people like Michelle, it seemed to catch a lot of brands and corporations by surprise. They very quickly found themselves playing catch-up, trying to figure out how to harness the attention of YouTube users. And that is how Michelle found herself back in contact with a brand that was very, very familiar to her, Lancome. Lancome stumbled upon my video. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I was told, uh, Lancome was spending an absurd, absurd amount of money making video content for YouTube. They had a crazy production, and they got the best models and makeup artists, and they made gorgeous, beautiful videos. And no one—I wouldn't say no one watched them, but they only had 500 views, right. maybe like 5,000 total. And they're spending like an ungodly amount of money, stupid money. And then they're all scratching their heads, like, how come no one's watching our beautiful content? And head of PR at that time, her name was Carrie Diamond. She was in charge of of Lancome's PR in the U.S. And so she went home and she typed in Lancome makeup. And my video was the first to pop up because I was using a Lancome product. And so she's seeing that my video looked crusty. You know, it was filmed on a webcam. And I'm on an airplane, and I'm showing people how to put on makeup on an airplane. And I was using a Lancome product that was all old and crusty, too. Because in their video, everything is clean and perfect looking, and it's untouched. In my video, all my makeup looks used. But I guess at that time, they didn't realize that people love that because it's real. And I think my video had, at that time, 700,000 views. And they had 5,000. And when she saw that, she met up with um, the head of Lancome, like the whole team, the president, the CEO, and she presented to them, hey, maybe we should talk to her. So I got, I received an email on my side from Lancome, and I had to kind of, you know, rub my eyes a bit because I was rejected. Wait, wait, I was what rejected did the email from La- Oh, the email said, hi, from Lancome. And it was, it had the Lancome email. I even checked, like, to make sure it wasn't spam or anything. Uh-huh. And, um... I got on a call with her, and we we spoke actually for quite a while. Um, did did you did you say to anybody? You know, I applied for a job with you guys. Like, you know, I a told year her. Ago. I told her, and she was laughing. She just <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing, and it was such a great story. Did any part you of know? you want to just be like, you know what? You guys had your chance with me. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, the whole pretty woman thing. <laughs> no, I. You know, I'm not. It's not my style. You know, I I was right. just happy. I, I but, you know, but it also I, I would imagine also they're 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 paying you a lot more for this gig than they would have paid you for the for the beauty counter job. Oh yeah, at the mall yeah, in for sure, definitely. And okay. you know, I was so grateful. And then they flew me to New York. I came back to my mom. I told her, "Look, mom, Longcomb wants me to make these videos for them." And she's like, "What, Longcomb? The Longcomb? She knows Longcomb. Uh-huh. She worked. She she works at a mall. Uh-huh. So she sees the Longcomb counter. She sees that it's a legitimate business. You know, it's a beautiful brand. It's it's a well established beauty brand that is prestigious too, and that they're talking to me and that they're now working with me and I'm helping them create content. Huge deal. It was a huge deal. So um, that was when she felt good." Once a week, Michelle would create videos, just like the ones she'd been doing, but using Lancome products instead. Then Lancome would post these videos on their own YouTube channel. And of course, this seems like an obvious solution today, right? Something that nearly every brand does. But at that time, in 2009, it was brand new. No pun intended. And although there wasn't a word for it yet, 
it officially made Michelle an influencer. With the money and profile boost of the Lancome deal, Michelle's own YouTube channel started to really take off. I was uploading weekly. Right. Um, and, and people loved it. And my subscription was going up. And so I was able to scale everything. I'm like, okay, if I can gain 100,000 subscribers, if I can get 200,000, 300,000, 500,000. And, bef- and there was one point where I was doing really well. I think I was making like 12,000 a month, 12, 13 a month. And this was just AdSense. This is not even long money. And so back then, and AdSense is the is the the way you make money. It's a that's the program where you make money on YouTube. It's called AdSense. Yeah, exactly. And I felt I was making enough money now. I felt comfortable where I could move out of um, the room that I was sharing with um, my roommate, the retirement community, and I could get my own place, move back to Tampa, get my family into a nice town home with me, and it was great because this was probably the nicest place we've ever lived. Well, tell me about what was your situation like before this? Like, what what was it like growing up? Well, I remember um, every few months my family would pack up and they would have to leave. We would have to move out because we just couldn't afford the rent. So they had to just continue moving around. I think one year my mom told me we moved 10 times. You know, my mom had this routine of just opening up boxes and bagging things up and packing things away. And we didn't have a lot of things either. We had enough to store everything in a van. Wow. And so that's why um, I got a nice, beautiful townhome, rented it, brought my brother with me, my mom. And so we were all living here. And this was the nicest place. Um, and I was so happy to provide that for my family, this this oasis, you know, the stability. And that year I was just making content. And in 2010, the following year, I felt like I was outgrowing what I was doing in Florida. There was only so much I could do. I know, I knew at that time it's cheaper if I lived in Florida, I could save more money. Uh-huh. I'm just making video content. But if I want to establish businesses, if I want opportunities to work with other brands, if I want to further my career, I need to be where the media world is, the entertainment world, and that's L.A. So I took that chance, and I moved out there. But I still kept the townhouse for my family to live in, so I was paying for that, and I was getting this new apartment in L.A., and that was the beginning of this new chapter in my life. Right. So this led you into the new phase. You had a couple of viral, sort of like big viral videos. Like the, there was a I had late, a lot of viral videos, yeah. yeah. And the videos that started to take me to the next level were uh, these Halloween videos I was making. Because whenever I made them, I would be on YouTube's front page. To look like any Disney princess, you'll need your Disney eyes. I'm wearing circle lenses to enlarge the size of my iris. Ninjas don't leave fingerprints, so don't forget gloves. The reason why we want to keep the dark circles is because vampires don't get much sleep. I, I always tell people Halloween is the Olympics of makeup. <laughs> That's where every, all the best beauty creators come out and they just show, like they train, they train, they train hard and they show their best face. They show their best creations during the month of Halloween. So it's really fun. Yeah. Um, and I would say like throughout the whole month of Halloween in 2010, I was always on the front page. And being on YouTube's front page is like being on a billboard in New York Times Square, but times a million. Because everyone goes on the YouTube front page first and they see whatever content is on there. So my videos were always there and they were getting like millions and millions of views, like 3 million views, 5 million, 
8 million, it was instantaneous. And I was gaining so many subscribers at the same time. It was incredible. It was incredible having that happen. Right. How how did you, um, how did your life change with this next step up in your career? Like, so like you went from being able to afford a townhouse for your family, but what, uh, how how much money were you making at the at like the height? I would say at my height, I was making around like sixty to seventy thousand a month, and this was outside of sponsorship deals. Um, this was outside of um, brand deals, and brand deals would bring in a good amount too. So you're you're a millionaire at this. Yeah, I was doing really well, but I would say like even though I was making money, my life didn't change that much. I was still the same. I was still hustling. But what did change was how people perceived me. You know, what was so strange was, it's not like a, so the celebrity world, the traditional celebrity space, you have the singers, you have the actors, you have these people who are kind of used to seeing, I guess, their fans when they're on stage or when they go to like red carpet events. But I was always home. You know, I was introvert and I didn't necessarily, I guess I didn't necessarily see my viewers in real life. I would see numbers. I would Uh see comments pouring in hundreds of thousands of comments, but I didn't really see them. And so I didn't really get this feeling of of fame until the moment I walked outside and I would get approached by people. And that was when, you know, that fourth wall was broken in my life. Like, whoa, I forgot. Like, I'm famous. You know, this is weird (laughs) (laughs) because it doesn't really feel like that. How how famous w- were you? I was so famous. I would go outside and I would get recognized if I was eating at a restaurant. Like it, every it time? Was every time, yeah. Every time I would have to take selfies. I didn't mind that because um, I, 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 I thought it was really sweet. It was really endearing. And a lot of the people would come up and they would either start crying or they, um, they're they just they, – they're speechless, but they, they just want – they just want a picture because for them it's it's a moment. It's like it's like going to Disney World and then you see Mickey Mouse and you're like, dude, I gotta take a picture with you because you, you, you know you were Mickey, you're Mickey Mouse, Mouse to people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she wasn't just Mickey Mouse. She was also Walt Disney, looking for every opportunity to extend her own brand. She started her own subscription beauty company called Ipsy, which got over $100 million in funding. She also partnered with L'Oreal to launch her very own makeup line, M Cosmetics. And her fame and fortune kept multiplying. She had dozens of people working for her across all her ventures, and she was signing deals left and right. In fact, she says she felt obligated to take every opportunity that came her way. We're taught the idea of, you know, take every opportunity because it might be your last. Mm. Um in the age of social media and just um, just the online world, things can change so fast and you have to be ready to pivot as quickly as the change. And that's what I did. Right. So so then on July 25th, 2016, you posted a, a, a tutorial video on YouTube called Mastering the Art of Hair Removal. Hey guys, so welcome back to Mastering the Art of, and we're going to be covering hair removal. So there's to discuss so different techniques for hair removal. Mm-hmm. So sugaring, which you can get professionally done, is based from all natural ingredients. It's less messy than traditional wax. You ended it the same way you end every video by wishing your viewers good luck. Yeah. Good luck, guys. <laughs> and then after that, no one heard from you for almost a year. Yeah. Why Michelle Phan disappeared. Coming up after the break. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. 
You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. You have goals. Reach them fast with IU Online's Accelerated Degree Programs. Our six- and eight-week courses are taught 100% online and can fit any schedule. Advance your career with a bachelor's in business administration. It only takes 10 minutes to apply. Earn an Indiana University degree that's valued around the world. Get started today at IU Online. Welcome back to Without Fail and my conversation with YouTube beauty star and influencer Michelle Fon. Michelle was at the height of her success as an influencer, a career she basically invented when she suddenly disappeared. She stopped updating her YouTube channel and left her millions of fans to wonder where she had gone. Where in the world is Michelle Fawn? She's no longer on YouTube anymore. Is she going to come back on YouTube? I'm just sitting here wondering, what the f*** happened to Michelle Fawn? For almost a full year, Michelle left those questions unanswered. She would occasionally post something cryptic to Instagram or Twitter, but for the most part, she kept completely silent. And then, June 1st, 2017, just as abruptly as she'd left, she returned to YouTube with a video called Why I Left. When you were a child, who did you want to be? I wanted to be like my mother. She didn't wear a cape or shoot lasers out of her eyes. This video is unlike anything Michelle had posted before. It's not her talking directly into the camera, casually welcoming her audience into the room with her. In fact, you don't see her in the video at all. The video is animated, with scenes set to music depicting episodes from her life story, all narrated by her. Years would go by, and I found myself becoming more isolated and disconnected from my family, friends, and you, my viewers. The video answers some of the questions that arose during her absence. As to why she left, Michelle says that things just became too much for her. She needed a break. Where'd she go? She traveled, spent some time offline in nature. For the most part, she keeps her answers vague, dropping tantalizing hints without very much detail. The taste of success was like a drug, and I couldn't get enough. You said that the taste of success was like a drug, and I couldn't get enough. Is there like a memory specifically a, a, that that sort of epitomizes that that thought? Mm, I would say, I mean, a lot of it related to not money, but it was the views. It was getting getting views. I mean, of course, you get money when you get a lot of views on YouTube. Yeah, but it was this wow, like it is a drug. I think scientists have found that. Um, there is this uh, chemical that's being released whenever you receive a like, whenever you receive that validation. Yeah. And that's why people become addicted to it. And imagine getting validation and getting money, the combination of the two. It's it's a bad cocktail. It's a good cocktail, but it's a bad cocktail, too, when you have too much. And that's what happened with me was I had too much. How is that manifesting, though? Like, what were you doing? Like, what did it? how would I see that? How would I see your addiction to that? dopamine, you know, sort of like response, you know, from getting from getting likes or views or whatever. How, how, how would I have seen that in you at the time? I still remember the feeling of waking up and this feeling of anxiousness 
and I would hear my phone vibrate and I would just get this um, tightness in my chest and kind of take a few deep breaths and then I would open my phone and the madness begins. It was, it, it was just so much was happening. Um, I had my YouTube channel. I had several businesses I was running. I was filming. I was editing. I was, you know, flying, um, creating products and then like, you know, doing marketing for like my other company. It was just to a point where um, there was this addiction of winning. Like I was winning and I wanted to win more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And maybe it had a lot to do with my insecurities in life. Like I didn't have a sense of security. So winning was that blanket, that security blanket that gave me a sense of of self, you know, like I'm worth something. You know, I wasn't the popular girl. No one ever cared about me. And I was totally fine about that. But the moment I started to gain notoriety, everyone in my high school on Facebook started to reach out to me. Like, I never talked to you, though. Or, you know, you, you never really let me into your clique. Or it's like, where is this coming from? Like, it's all of a sudden, like, they, everyone was reaching out to me, messaging me, leaving comments. Um, Do you remember the first time, like, somebody reached out to you and you were like, wait, you want to hang out with me? Um, yeah, it was like... It was this girl from high school. Uh, she was really, like, popular. She was one of the popular girls, and she messaged me saying, hey, I'm having this party. I'm like, what? I mean, at this time, I was living in L.A., so I, I couldn't come to a party if I wanted to. But, uh -huh. um, my ego definitely felt good at that moment. Um, but it that really does distort your reality and how you think and how you perceive everything. I'm not saying that... Um, I only cared about that because that was a, I mean, it's, that wasn't everything that I cared about. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a normal person too. Like, right. I still like talk to my family. Yeah, and you can be doing. I have like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes I feel like people only think, oh, that's all you did was. All she was doing was yeah. refreshing her, her YouTube page or whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean like, but I was though. I was obsessed. I wasn't refreshing every time, but I would. Just check periodically on my channel and to see, like, okay, good. It made a million. Nice. Okay, cool. So the next deal, the next video, the next... It was always this new challenge I was setting for myself. And at one point, I asked... I realized, wait, what is this for again? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying I didn't like my job. I, I, don't, I don't even feel like I had a job. I just had this huge, massive responsibility where I had to maintain my channel and I had to maintain this... Uh, this fame and I guess when you it's like when you're climbing Mount Everest I've never climbed it but I've read stories of people climbing it and um when you reach the top you're like you're not even you can't even enjoy it because you're so tired like you're only there for like a few minutes you take a picture you put your flag there and then you're like shit I gotta go down yeah it's also one of those things that, like, I wonder if this happened. To you. I, like, I remember there was a there was a period in in my career where, like, I, I was working for this radio show and and it became very popular. And like, there was like some event that we hosted, and it was at a club, and there was a there was a VIP room, and because I worked for the show, I was for the first time on the other side of the VIP rope, right? Like I was in the, mm -hmm. I was in the, in the inner sanctum and I remember getting in and it felt really exciting. And then we were inside the velvet rope or whatever. And, um, and there wasn't anything that was really that different. <laughs> and, 
part of that was just because it was a public radio show, and I think there are certain <laughs> VIP rooms where you get inside, and they are very different. <laughs> right. This happened to be not that room. But but I think even if there's the cocaine is flowing or whatever, I think the point still stands, which is that like there's something about getting to the other side of the thing and then realizing, like, oh, so that's what it's, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Was that It's like anticlimactic. Oh, for sure. It was totally that. But also, I mean, I think after that, I just, it just started to hit me more like, man, this isn't my scene. I'm an introvert. You know, I'd rather just be home and like, I don't know, play games or like hang out with like my cat. Um, It just wasn't for me. Can can I ask you a question? Like if, if you were to go back to the sort of like, yourself like right in, in, when you when you're putting up that first video um when in with your roommate while your roommate's gone and you you found the sunlit <laughs> the sunlit room and you're putting up your first video is there something that you would tell that person from your perspective now just sort of like hey this is going to happen keep these things in mind um you know what i would have told myself is don't say yes to every opportunity not every opportunity is made for you. It's okay to say no. And I think that was my problem was I said yes to everything. And I've learned now to just say no. It's okay to say no. And I think that's just been an incredible discovery that I made for myself was this is my life. You know, I don't have to. It's not about sharing and curating this life that I want other people to see so they can be envious of it because I don't want that either. There's so many people that care so much about being legends. Like, they want to be a legend. They want to be remembered forever. But the world moves on, you know? And when I realized that, I just stopped living for other people, and now I'm just living for myself. Now, Michelle is doing things more on her own terms, saying no more often, saying yes only to the things she wants. She bought back M Cosmetics from L'Oreal and relaunched it recently. And every once in a while, she posts a new video on her channel, which has now surpassed 1 billion views total. Without Fail is hosted by me and produced by Molly Messick, Rob Zipko, and Hiba Elarbani. It is edited by me and Devin Taylor. Mixing by Keegan Zema. Music by Bobby Lord. If you like Without Fail, follow the show. You can get every episode for free through Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And one other thing, I created a playlist of some of my favorite Without Fail episodes on Spotify. So if you're new to the show or if you're a longtime listener and want to recommend it to your friends, check out my favorite Without Fail episodes at withoutfail.show slash playlist. That's withoutfail.show slash playlist. Thanks for listening.